podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Rakuten, it's the smartest way to shop and save. Earn cash back at over 3,500 stores in every single category. We're talking fashion, beauty, electronics, home essentials, traveling, dining, subscription services, and so much more. Rakuten deposits your cash back directly into your PayPal account or can send you a check. Membership is free and it's super easy to sign up. Rakuten has 15 million members who are already saving. Shouldn't you be one of them? It's a no-brainer. Shopping smarter doesn't have to be harder. Start with Rakuten via desktop, the app, or the extension and let Rakuten do the deal finding for you. Start saving today at Rakuten.com or on the Rakuten app. That's Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. It's the bluest room in town. Yeah, they're actually funny and the guests are sound. Through the ups and the downs. Yeah, they'll be there waiting for the next time round. Find out what it means. Everton will break your heart, but they're still your team. It's far from doom and gloom. So tune in now and get involved with the blue. It is the blue room. It is your weekly, uh, and as the intro said there, it is very much the bluest <laughs> room in town at the moment because we are feeling blue. Things are very, very bleak for Everton. Uh, I'm joined by Dave Downey to, to get through this. Dave, it's, it's bad, isn't it, mate? Really bad. And, you know, I, th- I, think, I think you texted me during the game on Sunday against West Ham saying we're going down, aren't we? And I think it's probably the first time that I've, I've heard you actually come out and say that, but... I mean, how are you feeling this afternoon, mate, after what we watched at Burnley last night? Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 goes, it goes without saying that I feel, you know, a lot lower than I did before Burnley. I'm feeling a lot lower than I did at half-time during that game because I thought I actually, um, and, you know, this might might not sound too good to, to many of our listeners, but I actually felt that there was a bit of spirit within those lads um, after going one nil down, I thought, "Here we go. This is going to be like Palace again. Um, it's going to be like so many of the games that we've had." I mean, that, the, one of the stats that I saw randomly, just to uh, go on a bit off on a bit of a tangent, we've lost eighteen games since October, the end of October, which is absolutely remarkable. Um, and it, you know, it's uh, feels like more. <laughs> Well, it does, but it's it's also it, it it's it feels like it's indicative of a side that's not only a relegation side, but a side that finishes bottom of the league. And when you look at many of the stats, um, you know, the, the, there is a, it's it's fifty fifty between us and Norwich the way things are, particularly away from home as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, just going back to what I was saying there, a half time, I actually felt like this feels this feels a little bit different. It feels like these guys have got something together. That feels like. You know, to, to go one nil down and then get it back to for us to go two one in front. Statistically, I'm not too sure how often we've done that or when we've last done that. Um, I'm, I think I'm probably in in the realm of years rather than months. And when we've overcame, uh, come from behind, not not to win, but only to you know to go to go ahead in a game. Um, I felt some players were actually properly trying to get this thing going. I thought Richarlison was like a madman at times. Um, I thought Awobi was was getting involved as much as he possibly could. Um, and then, you know, it's this 
it's this thing that's been the constant Matt. I know we, we talk a lot about Calvert Lewin, which I'm sure we'll get onto again, who, who looks like he'd be anywhere in the world but Everton if he could choose. Um, but when when I'm looking at the defence, it's uh, it's an absolute disgrace. Uh, Brantwaite, I do have some sympathy with because he's a kid still trying to get there. Patterson, I mean, he still hasn't kicked the ball as he all started the game for us in the Premier League. Well, he's out for the season now as well. Well, I know, but I'm I'm, all, I'm actually glad about that for the kid because he could get he could get absolutely scarred for life in many ways. Some of these things that are going on. Uh, Brantwaite, the case in point there. Godfrey doesn't look anything like the player that we signed. Doesn't look like any, anything like the player that he was early season. And I know he's had his injury issues as well. But, you know, look at him with that third goal. Uh, it's just, um, you know, it's an insult to Sunday League footballers if he said it looked like that because it was an absolute embarrassment. And then jo- John Joe Kenny. Um, I mean, I don't want to get, I don't want to get personal issues towards footballers, but that, that, that lad really gets my head like he properly he makes me he makes me feel bad about things in life um, the, the, the things in which he does I'm, I've, I've no idea why on earth um, he's near the side and we, 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 we touched upon this just before we started recording about Lampard's issue in this and um, what do people feel towards Lampard like you know if he's an absolute joke of a manager or it's not quite his fault completely given the fact that how poor this uh, these 25 lads are, 20 odd lads are that he has to work with every day and try and get a tune out of. Um, I think many, many blues are either one way or the other with this. And I, I would guess from what I've seen, it's definitely a, a high percentage who are completely fuming with the, the team and the players and not Lampard. And I think there's evidence to to suggest that that's probably the right course to go down if you're a blue. Obviously, I'm not telling anybody how to support their team, but that's, in, in my mind, that's how I see things. Is there's so much more uh, to blame at these these players who for several years now have let us down. But not only let us down, this ultimately looks like the time that they're actually going to send us down, which is even worse than letting us down. When you think of the Schneiderland days and, mm. you know, um, Davy Klass and signings and all that sort of thing, <sighs> that 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 seems like the promised land compared to what this is, you know. Um, whereas Lampard and 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 Benitez taking away the hatred towards him over different things anyway. Um, managers before that, uh, the Ancelotti things, the bit a, a bit of an island on its own, isn't it? When you think about the managerial, um, I don't know what you'd call it, quagmire that we've had in years gone by. Um, He's, he sticks out like a sort of thumb because he was what we wanted and for for quite a while looked like the thing that made was going to make Everton the Everton we all want to see and trying to get on to be that club that we want them to be when they go to the new stadium. I mean, God knows what that what that that's going to look like if we're not in the Premier League yeah. or even there at all. But uh, just just to go back to the, the Lampard thing. Um, I have I have a lot of sympathy with him, and I know some of the decisions you're 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 going to counter this, which is a really good way of, of, of talking about this map because um, I have that much sympathy with him. I think is it's actually quite strong the sympathy that I have with him, given that you look at the Benitez tune we got um, initially. That those first five games, how long ago does that feel? And look now under Benitez, we were like, hang on, this is this fellow new manager Liverpool actually rocked up to Everton? They're going to make us a decent side. Well, yeah, I saw, I saw someone last night saying that Townsend's still our top scorer in the league and he last scored in the Premier League in October. 
yeah, yeah, that, that says it all, you know. Uh, you know the indictments of how bad things are. Do you know? Do you know, what, do you know what, though, Dave? You mentioned Lampard there and yeah. Benitez, and, and I feel the same way towards Lampard as I did about Benitez, in the sense that do do I, do I look at that fellow on the sideline and think you are the reason we are where we are? And the answer for me is undoubtedly no. But I also look at him. I can also look at him. And someone, if someone said to me, "Do you think he's doing a good job?" I'd also say no as well. And like you know, both of them are symptoms of a utter disgraceful level of mismanagement that's gone on at this football club over over the years. I've you know, got, but I've got a question to throw back at you with that, Matt. Is that you like like you said? There, it's ultimately not all <clears throat> of Lampard's fault. But therefore, can you then criticise him uh, at the level at which you would normally do with a manager when the team's losing as many games as we are? And I would say, I would say no. Um, I I don't I don't look at him and think. I I think this is less of him to blame than so many other things that have happened and people and players. Um, oh yeah, I completely, I completely agree. But I don't think that necessarily means he's done a good job. No, but I, I, what, I guess what I'm saying, it, it's in much shorter words, I don't think it's possible for many managers in the game of football to do a good job at Everton. So, and and I think what proves that to us and proves my point, what I'd like to think proves my point, is what happened in the end with Ancelotti and the way in which that season ended, um, the way in which where we finished, how how far down the league we, we started to get when we were all hoping that we were going to get in Europe and stuff like that. Um, I think why why that's sort of much deeper in the sand than, than other things is because most people think of Ancelotti's situation as in basically down in tools and going to Real Madrid. Um, you know, ironically, the way in which things have gone since then shows you why exactly why he did it anyway. Why wouldn't you when it's Real Madrid and it's Everton? and you don't support Everton, you know, you're going to go to Real Madrid. That's what I've said ever since he left. But also, um, you you look at what is in and around him, the board side of things, which I think we're pretty much fed up with talking about the board for so long. Um, But, you know, I guess the question I put to a lot of people is, do you think we'd be any much more better than we are now? under Ancelotti if he was still there um, and I'm not so sure I'd, I'd confidently say we'd be okay and a decent and an alright mid-table side that doesn't really win anything or the typical type of Everton that we've been for so many years would we be like that if Ancelotti was still I, there I, I think we'd be I, about I, mid I'm, I'm going to say no to that I think we'd be about mid-table I, I, I don't think we'd be I anything just, I don't I think just, we'd be anywhere near where we are now I can, I, can, I can take your point that we're not nowhere near where we are now as in you know, relegation fodder um, and fighting for our lives. I can I can consider that and take that as a decent point. But given the way in which we were looking and going when things were happening towards the end of him before he left, Everton was still on a downward trajectory under Ancelotti. I think I think we all need to we, we do all agree with that. Simply, yeah. um, but then. How much further down the rabbit hole it goes? Yeah, I take I take the point that when he's gone, we've just gone from catastrophe to catastrophe. After that, again, I accept that. But the way in which Everton and the board were doing things, I I can't in my mind envisage anything that 
would be much better than this, even if Ancelotti was still there. Um, I know as a manager how much better he is than what we've had, how much better. He's not a fossil like Benitez, and he's obviously a million times more experienced than Lampard. Yeah, I get them points, but looking how the, the, the club was ran um, in terms of <clears throat> transfers and, and things like that, the what happened with brands and the way in which uh, recruitment's happened. Um, yes, I know it's an impossible discussion that we're having, really, so we shouldn't really bang on about it too much. But I, I, I well, yeah, I suppose the, the, the crux of it all is, yeah, I think we'd be safe if we had Ancelotti. That probably goes against everything I've said. Uh, I know I'm talking in now. But my, my point that I'm trying to make in a, in, a, in a broader sense is that the way this football club is run is the reason why it is the way it is right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Agree, I agree with that. Yeah, you know it is everything about the playing setup and the recruitment and the board and the ownership. All of that surrounding the manager and how bad it all is makes makes it almost impossible. Like you said, for for anyone to come in and do do a good job. I I I totally agree with that, and I, I do want to speak about the the game and I want to speak about Saturday and, and where we are right now. But it 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 all goes back to to the the very top for me Dave and there are the, the two parts of the season one ahead of the season and one spell of time during the season that I think just sums us up and how bad how badly run we are up so well and that's Farah Mashiri appointed Rafael Benitez first and foremost despite everybody everybody in football knowing exactly how that was going to end up you know that that he thought in the summer after losing Carlo Angelotti that that was a good idea to, to go down mm-hmm. that route and appoint that fella. And then and I've, I've said this on a few pods recently, so forgive me, the listeners are annoyed at me for, for repeating it. But the second thing is that spell between sacking Marcel Brands and appointing Frank Lampard on the last day of the transfer window. Nothing quite sums up the dysfunction in this football club like that that couple of months, to sack a director of football who did a bastardised version of the job and then sign a couple of players that he had effectively on file in Patterson and Mikalenko, selling one of your most dependable players in Luca Dean, and then sacking the fella who was never going to be here in the long term. Everybody knew that he was going to be gone in the next few weeks because the team was playing so poorly and... This is the way the fire machinery does things. To sell someone who has been so dependable and so important, and let's be honest, Everton have found it impossible to replace him in the last few weeks in Luka Dean because the players that have been playing at left-back are, are nowhere near his level. They're nowhere even at the level of an average Luka Dean that we saw this season. To sell that lad because he fell out with a manager who was going to be sacked in a few weeks' time, it's just mind-boggling. It, 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 it just sums it up so, so well for me. And the litany of poor decisions, the lurching from short-term thinking to short-term thinking, the trigger, you know, finger that Machiri's got. And, you know, let's, that's how it writes. Well, people like Bill Kenwright and all the people on the board need to be roped into this as well. They're involved in decision-making at the top of the football club. That was a catastrophic January. Like, and it's, it's, I remember saying this at the time, it feels like Farah Machiri and Bill Kenwright I've just been left with a smouldering wreck of a football club. Look around, going, what, what have we got left here? You know, Delhi Ali coming in and El Ghazi coming in as well. I, I, could, I could forget that. Both sat on their arse on the bench last night and were trying to 
get get a, a, an equalising goal to save our Premier League skin. And he doesn't turn to either of them. And he made one sub at the weekend against West Ham. You know, and this is what happens when you, you the leadership is blurred at the top of the football club and you make mm. so many bad decisions. You end up in positions like this where you've got a manager who's had players foisted on him in El Ghazi and maybe Ali to, to an extent. And you've got different strategies. You've got different managers, players. You've got no time to integrate anything because you, you're in a relegation battle. You've lost one of your key players in, in Luca Dean. This, this, this is the result of all this. And for, for years, we've spoken about all these bad decisions on these shows and said, Everton are going to pay the, the price for this one day. They're going to pay the price for overspending on, on shite. They're going to pay the price for lurching from manager to, to manager. They're going to pr- pay the price for the accounts being terrible year after year. This is it now. You know, we have, we have reached that point we've been speaking about for so long that it's all going to catch up with us. And, and here we are, you know, a point about the relegation zones <laughs> with nine games left in this season. And I, the, the people at the top of this football club, Farad Mashiri, Bill Kenwright, anyone else who's involved in strategy and leadership and decision-making, they should all hang their heads in shame. It's, it's, it's difficult to... Um... To, 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 to continue following what you said there, that excellent analysis of what what's happened. Um, you can very much end the podcast within that two minute that you've just done there, Matt. But yeah, the, the thing that... Um, I'm just sad today, mate. Like just, no, well, that's it. You know, do, do you know what? That's, we, we, what? Me and Mo just did something with Radio 1 there and, you know, we were talking about, you know, we got asked are Everton losing fans because of this. And, and we're not really, are we? Because, the you know, Goodison sells out every every week. The away yeah. ends are packed. You know, people were desperate for Spurs for that for that game last night to, to try and get in. People, we had fans. We had Seth Moore, I think, sold out for the first time this season because our fans were were in the home end to watch this. And mm-hmm. I think I think one of the reasons why people are still latched on is because there's this idea, certainly in home games, that you don't want to give up your, your tickets or you don't want to give your season tickets up because you don't want to miss those last years of Goodison Park with this stadium if it ever gets built on, on the horizon. No, <laughs> no, one, no one wants to, to give up their opportunity to, to not see this last season. But how, how sad is it going to be? How, how sad is it going to be to see some of these players, some of the people on this board, in the last few years at Goodison Park playing second tier football, I haven't been in the top five. Yeah. Like that, that, that the, the thought of that, like it, it, make, it makes my heart ache thinking about it. You know, the, the last couple of years at Goodison or the last year at Goodison, we could be playing championship football. It's, it's really, really sad that I think. Um, well, how sad is it even if you say to people, what if, what if this was the last year right now? Just imagine that we were moving into the new ground next, next in the summer, let's say. Um, and how, how atrocious you'd feel that this was Goodison Park's last year. You think of all the history that's there and everything that goes with it, the things that others take the piss out of us for and things like that. You know, they're our lives. They're so dedicated to our lives and our lives have been so dedicated to them. Um, you know, you, you, you think of the things we've done on the, the Blue Room itself, you know, everything that we do. Do I want to crack on next season? And we absolutely will because we'll never stop supporting that football club, no matter which way it goes. 
But do I want to be doing that when we're playing Stoke away or we're away at Preston or with due respect to those clubs or massive football clubs in their own rights? But they're the ones who've paid the price, maybe not so much Preston, but the likes of Stoke and so many others like Forrest. And this is the thing that started to scare me a little bit more this morning, Matt, was um, just, just getting the general read of what, what's happening with fans and things on um, on social, looking at Twitter. <clears throat> and so many saying that, this this thing that you'll have heard so many times from other clubs, who who's fans of them will, will will tell us in their droves of how wrong they were to say maybe we need to go down to clean everything up and then come back up fresh. That does not happen. Well, I say it doesn't happen. It happens in the same sort of context of Leicester winning the Premier League like they did that season a few years ago. That does not happen regularly. Um, you know, you, you look up. You can do well, that. Sorry to interrupt you, Dave. You, yeah. you can do that maybe if you if you're Burnley, and I think they they've made a profit of sixty million in the last year, and and in the main are a club that makes money because they're very sensible with the spending. They don't go out and spend ridiculous wages. You you can't well, even, you can't even... with the spending, but they, their fans would sit there and tell you now. And I've got a good friend of a fan. You had um, in, did you have one yesterday to talk about no, Burnley? Natalie Bromley. Yeah. She would she would tell you that you know. This is the crux of a problem that comes to being in the Premier League. If you want your club to succeed, you have to spend a shitload of money. Burnley have, taught, have turned against that, and a lot of their fans will argue that I don't want this every year, that we're constantly fighting relegation and things like that, and Sean Dice has got to go to the well, uh, to the well every single season and save this football club. Uh, you know, the, the irony in our situation is that's the ones we're up against who... It wouldn't surprise you if they go and do it this time and the ones that cost us staying up in the Premier League because he knows what to do. He's conducted this football club expertly given the the spend and, like you say, that making money. Um, no Burnley fan wants that. I mean, I suppose that's a wider question to ask of, of fans of clubs. You know, what do you actually want your club to do? You look at the Newcastle situation, for example. Um, with ours, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> when people are saying to me that they want us to go down, so they can, you know, clean the the, the 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 slates and all that, all that sort of those sayings that people come out with that you see from clubs in the past who've gone down. It's absolute nonsense. And please, people listening to this, do not kid yourself that you think Everton going down is in any way the best way <clears throat> or the, the way that's even possible of making this football club any better. It's not. I assure you, it's not. The hey, reason why we've lost be, nearly four hundred million pound in three years. Yeah, but the, the, what I'm saying, no matter, is the, the reason why I assure you that that is not the way for Everton to turn around and be good in a few years, or when we end up going to Bramley Moor, that we've been down, come back up, and everything's rosy. It doesn't work that way. It, it's worked that way as, 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 as it, you know, it, it, compared to the odds of you winning the lottery tonight. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't work like that. Where it's happened, where it seldom happens, I'm thinking, you know, what's happened with West Ham and Newcastle, um, you know, over the over the years, they've done that, but how much have they paid the price? Aston Villa, for instance, how much that will have cost the hearts and minds of fans is, is, not, is not the way you do it. It just doesn't work like that. Sadly, it's money, and in our case, which is a rarity, we've got someone with money who's actually made this actually happen even worse than other clubs who've got people in with money who've made it worse, i.e. an Aston Villa 
who are absolutely fine now. Somebody made an interesting point to me again, and and we have we've all gone off. We both gone off on a bit of a tangent in many ways here, Matt. What happened to Crystal Palace? Who had to get rid of basically most of their squad in the summer and rebuilt it all. And what they're doing now with Vieira, they actually look half decent and a decent mid-table side who can build again. Can Everton go and do that? Well, yes, they can go and do that. And but and, and I'd look at I don't I'd, think they can though, Dave. Not with the current people of the football club. No, 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 no. But what I'm why I'm saying that is that that is a better thought process to do or think about than saying the best thing Everton can do is get relegated. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Getting relegated is not an option, in my opinion, for Everton being any good in, you know, the best part of our lifetime. It's just not, it's not, it's not how it works. It's not how it happens. And it, it makes me, it makes me really sad and upset to think that some fans have, have gone, have gone away from Everton that much, thinking that this is the process that, we need to do in order to get any better. Um, but it's just like the stage of grief, isn't it? It's like, well, it's, no, I mean, it is, but people, people, people are bargaining. Go on. It's the people are bargaining, aren't they? People, like, yeah. everyone's, at a, everyone's at a different stage and, and those people are, are bargaining. And, and, you know, that's, that, that, that's you know, that, this is what, it, it's, what it's like, isn't it? It's this, it's this entity that we've all got such emotional connections with that's effectively on, on life support at the moment. So people are go people are going through those processes, aren't they, in, in regards in regards to Everton? But I, I completely agree with you. And, and you know, the example of Villa there, not every club that goes into the championship suddenly has this hundred million pound homegrown superstar emerge, do they that, 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 that takes them there? You know, well, that, 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 that that is a one off. And you know the there are more examples of teams going down and plummeting even further probably than there are teams coming up straight away and just just to go back to what I say about Burnley I think if you're Burnley and you're making money you can probably have a good relegation if that makes sense because you can reset without that financial peril and well, they've bought, and West Brom have done it before haven't they where yeah. they're known as the yo-yo club and all that because and I think there's this theory I've, I've heard many people say in Norwich who do this sort of it's like a it's something like the top six theory in that the the finishing the the top three or maybe the top two in the championship and then the bottom three in the Premier League is absolutely fine because that's how they financially prepared. Ever, Everton going down, financial ruin and and yeah, we'll get loads of that if you listen to the likes of the Esk and everybody else who loves dealing with the numbers and stuff like that. It'd be a catastrophe. People saying, oh, you know, the the parachute periods and all that stuff. Mate, that that is that that you're nailing that that is Everton buried as far as I'm concerned. If we go down, um, in 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 general sense, you know, I still want to go and watch us. I still will go and watch us, and I still support us. But Everton as something that we've all chased and spoken about, potentially doing something, even winning a trophy again, that that that's gone for possibly in an eternity the way things are um, but there's a question I want to ask you and there's a question I want to ask our listeners to give us the answers to because loads of people throwing in messages and all that we really appreciate it and we'll start reading them all out and things like that as we continue um, in this god awful season um, but my me, me question is looking at if Everton stay up um, and you look at this summer what are the first thing or things or what is in your mind that this club needs to do to turn this round and prevent it ever happening again? 
I'll Farm throw that in the first matter. to sell the football club. Yep, yep. Um, either that or, and this won't happen because he's not learned this lesson in six years, he needs to get people in who he trusts um, who are good at the job, which is obviously important as well, and he needs to take a step back and let them and let them do it. But with you saying that, people that he trusts, I go as far as saying I don't trust him enough to be able to do that. Exactly. What I'd actually say exactly. is, I'd counter that by saying, I want him to get people who he doesn't know or trust because yeah. his decision-making itself is that bad. I, I couldn't... I don't want to put the faith of our club in his hands to go and get somebody who he thinks is an half-decent football businessman. I, I, I think that every level of the football club needs fresh blood, I'd say. You know, listen... So, so go, go, go team-wise, squad-wise then. You're, sack, you're getting rid of Lampard? I don't know. I'm, I'm on, the, on the fence on that still. But Player-wise? I mean, you'd you, you burn a load of them, wouldn't I, you? If you could. I, I know we I, can't. You couldn't do that, but you would. I'd like to say I'd, I'd sort of look at what Palace have done and look at the championship a lot more. Yeah, but they did it based on contract of players who were coming out of contract. Who have we got that's going out of contract this summer? Delph, Kenny, Sigurdsson, Tosin. I think they're. I think they they'll all go. So that that'll be a decent amount of wages off off the bill. Um, but then you still look at that squad. You, you you're still not able to do what Palace are doing because unless you can get clubs to buy them, which you wouldn't in general get many buyers of some of the pile of shite we've got. You know, this this is why I'm, I'm getting to, to people who are saying to me, oh yeah, that's when they're saying their solution would be let's get relegated so we can bin everyone off. It's not that simple. When If you get relegated and you've got players, um, I don't know as an example, is it Wobie? Give a Wobie as the example. Um, and I don't really want to criticise the lad because he's actually done half decent, hasn't he? One of the very few who's done half decent in recent weeks. But you go down and you've got a Wobie on whatever his wage. What's his wage, Matt? What would you guess? He's about a hundred, close to hundred grand a week, won't he? Yeah, so let's say, say ninety hundred grand, whatever uh, that he's on, and he's got uh, contract-wise what a couple of years left, say. Yeah. Who is going to come and buy Alex Wobie that he says yes? Go on, I'll go to you at a cool price. Wage wise, because he's never going to get a hundred k for whoever comes in for him, and that's if somebody does come in for him and thinks he's, you know, he, he he's somebody worthwhile buying. Then that that lad stays at Everton. Now, then you did then turn to the question of, okay, is Alex Iwobi going to be somebody in our squad that's going to get us promoted? He's going to be somebody that's part of turning this round and a regeneration of Everton. Do you, do you have that in your head that that's going to be the thing that helps us? Absolutely not. See, these these questions, and again, rabbit holes that I'm talking about, that's what you're dealing with if you go down. Going back to what I asked a few minutes ago that you started answering, Martin, which you can continue to answer now, what do you do in the summer if we stay up? We finish 17th, we stay up, skin of our teeth, goal difference, whatever it is that we manage to stay in that Premier League, um, what do you go and do? Yeah, completely agree with you with Mashiri. Then look at the rest of that board. Um, get some look, fresh. Get some yeah. fresh. I mean, not Graham Sharp as a token appointment. And listen, I've I've got nothing against Sharpie. You know, and, and listen, I, you know, you've worked with him loads, Dave. And he's he's cracking fella, club icon. But get someone on there who, who who understands the modern game and has worked in the modern game and can provide 
a bit of freshness and a bit of impetus to all this. We cannot, yeah, completely agree. We can, and, and and as much as a, I love the bones of Sharpie as a friend. He's been, he's been always been a lovely man, really kind to me, and things that have done career wise. But that's by the by. We're talking about Everton. It's not, it's not his fault, Dave, that Everton happened to be on. Oh the no, book. it's not. It's of course he's going to say yeah. It's not at all, and that's why that's why I'm I'm reluctant when a lot of people you know will criticise. Oh yeah, jobs for the boys get Sharpie and all that. I don't know if you're an Everton legend, if or if you're an Everton fan, and somebody comes up to you and says, "Will you work for the football club and become on the board?" You're not going to say no, despite the fact you still don't know anything about it. So you know, I think there's a bit of hypocrisy there. That that that's a different, completely different situation. It's miles away from what we want to talk about right now. But the sentimentality has to be removed from all all situations, other than somebody who does, you know, the stadium tours or something like that. All that, all that nice thing, you know, or the, you know, the, when the new shirt comes out and somebody Sharpie's wearing it, whatever, anything like that, fine. But the actual running of the football club, the involvement of people at board level, that's the thing, unlike what people are saying with relegation and whatnot, that's the thing that has to be binned first and foremost, probably only second to Machiri either leaving or getting people who know what they're doing. Would you know, uh, you know what the worry is, Dave? Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, this doesn't sound like a worry right now because obviously you, you take staying up, but you sort of feel like if they do stay up this season, you know, go go back to what Mason Holgate said. Go back to what you're going to say. You, 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 I know the people have said that. Sorry, just to interrupt again, but going back to those people who've re- referenced getting relegated, maybe not being such a bad thing. Um, are saying exactly what I, th- I was presuming you and I'm putting words in your mouth here thinking that this is going to happen again because the same loads of clowns that have ran it are still going to be there yeah they won't um, if, if they stay up it, they might not get that jolt of you know oh my god this you know we, we need you know we desperately need to do something because if we go down it's like look there, there it is you've, you've relegated you've done things spectacularly badly for a long long time now is the time to change it but that those comments from Mason Holgate, like I, I can imagine that permeate through the entire football club. Of actually, if we get out of this, we'll probably look back in in, in the summer and go, "Well, we weren't really in much trouble." But, and saying saying yeah, that yeah. saying that after getting levered by Crystal Palace and being in the position that we are, for him to still a thought like that ahead of these two games, it's just how how can you how can you be around this football club now and be around these supporters and the and all the chat around it and not feel that that sense of peril now i, yeah. I, I just i just don't get it but i, I want to i do want to throw it forward a bit there because we're not down yet as yeah. I'm just, yeah. just looking at you know, just seen on Twitter there. Some, some of the sure? bookmakers, sure? <laughs> some of the bookmakers have put us odds on now to get relegated. So I think that goes to show what what they think of Everton. I mean, what what do you think is going to happen now? Because United on Saturday, of, of course, is enormous in that sense. And Defeat. I think I mean, maybe- I, I don't I don't see how we how we uh, how we get uh, possibly a point maybe, but we're now in the in the realm of a point's not enough for us in these games, Matt. Um, and I, I know in in theory, many people will say get the draws not too bad because it's Man United at home, and even though Man United are going through shit in 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 relevance to what. United are as a football club. It's not actually that bad compared to what happened with us, is it? Man United are what? Still going to get in Europa League or Europa Conference or whatever. That That's the worst of a season for them. Um, what, what I put more concern over is the fact Ronaldo's probably going to be back in, isn't he? Because he's fit again. 
Um, didn't play last week against uh, against Leicester, which is a cracking game to watch, by the way. Uh, but that's by the by. Um, the, the players that are going to be facing up against us, and I know they've got their issues, but you still look at the likes of Rashford, um, Sancho, the Pogba. The, these are still world-class operators on their day. And I know many United fans would say, yeah, but their day hasn't been there enough for, hasn't possibly been enough this season. It doesn't have to be against a team as poor as us and a team of players that we saw, um, you know, well, throughout the last six months, basically. Um, the, the thing that, the thing that and I don't know, I don't want to get too caught in this, but against Burnley, I felt people won't accept this because we've lost them. We're all feeling as low as we are about this. There were certain aspects of that game which showed different things to me if you can be bothered to go and assess it again, that looked slightly more improved than what they were in the defeats we've had recently. Um, you know, the, the way in which Richardson played, like I said, the whole the whole crux of the problem last night, I felt, was defensively um, and in midfield. The, the way in which the midfield ran, um, like the, the core, I think, has just felt like he's on a different planet uh, since he's been back. And, and, and that's, again, a massive concern. But... Um, Attacking-wise, a couple of chances, felt a little bit unlucky, probably didn't score again and stuff like that. I think uh, when, when Gordon has that shot, which he tries to hit right across Pope, if he goes near post, I think he probably scores there, but um, Tarkovsky gets the chance to throw himself in, doesn't he, and blocks it. Those sort of things were happening again a little bit. So that, that, that was, by no means am I going to use the word positive with that. Um, but it was it was slightly different, I felt. Um, but the fact that you play in the United side with the quality of player they have, I'm not going to talk about the predicaments again that they've got. Um, I'm petrified if it's well, it's going to be one of John Joe Kenny or Coleman in there. Um, Sancho against Coleman, but he won't win it in my mind. You know, uh, defensively, is he going to go again with three at the back? Holgate aerially as well. You've got players like, you know, he gets a dog's life, doesn't he? But Harry Maguire and corners and things like that. You've got big lads who will throw up for that. Um, I'm, I am I don't have any hope whatsoever that we do anything against Man United, Matt. I have to say that. I think, I mean, I figure a little bit more of an opportunity when we get Leicester again at home. After the, have we got a little bit of a break after that? Because the FA Cups and all that, haven't we? Yeah, we've got 10 days, haven't we, after United? Yeah, and then and then that's it. It's very it's very much, you know, the last saloon, the saloon, isn't it? When when we've got what happens in April, uh, Derby and all that, which uh, I'm going to try and find somewhere that I can't find the result for a long time um, with, with the Derby and some of the other games. Anyone putting themselves through that game is just, I mean, fair play to you. Yeah. This, this is it, and this this is where this is where our fans deserve such an immense amount of credit. I mean, look, we're getting all sorts of shit from all sorts of angles. People having a laugh, Paddy Power doing silly jokes, that clown, Darren Farley and all that. Um, Liverpool fans obviously going to do the same things like we do to them when they lose a game, which doesn't happen too often these days, unfortunately. All, all of that comes towards us, yet we still sell out. Will everyone will still be in there on Saturday screaming their heads off, trying to get something out of this gang of gobshites? They'll be doing that wherever we travel. I've secured my ticket to go to uh, Watford away, which is on a Wednesday night in midweek. 
going down to just outside of London to go and watch us. That's sold out. The fans will not give up. They will not relate. They will not stop throwing themselves into every single problem at this football club. And that is why it's so emotionally difficult and so upsetting to watch this happen the way it is, the way it's coming through on the other side of it. Because, you know... (laughs) All of us, if we were on the pitch with an ounce of the talent that those lads have got, wouldn't be in this situation. And that, that, that's the that's the big, big problem I've got watching it, Matt. I, I, when, when I see these lads and how they play and the things they do um, and how poor they are, and and, and, and the, the, these are talented people, the professional footballers at the top of the profession in the Premier League, meant to be the best league in the world. Well, it, it's quite ironic it's called that because we're not going to be in it soon, are we? The way things are, the way things are going. Um, no, when I, it was the best league in the world. I don't, I don't know how we've avoided being in the bottom three all this time. All this time. Yeah, yeah, no, no, as a joke, an excellent point. But, you know, me or you have kicked the ball in the park and had the game of footy playing five aside or what, what, what it is, Matt. I, I would tell you right now that all of us, all of us as football fans, passionately would give more than what we're seeing from these guys. And that's why. And and it's proven in the fact of what everybody's like when they go to these matches. Look at the fans we had at Burnley. I mean, I I was working. I listened to most of it before I got, got home. And part of it sounded like a home game for us because everybody's screaming that loud. There's so much love and affection for our football club that it's heartbreaking to see and, and, and have to watch the, the people with the privilege of having to, who are able to wear that shirt. Um, to me, it's it, it's heartbreaking, and I'll be honest. People laugh and joke. There was a thing on the spaces last night. There will be thing on radio as well, and everyone will take the piss out of it. But yeah, I've 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 teared. I've 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 cried over everything. Absolutely, I have. Um, I'm not I'm not too ashamed to admit it. And and they'll probably make me do it again. You know, if if we stay up, I'll do it to celebrate. Um, that is what these people have done. And then when you see what you referred to there with the uh, the Holgate comment that he come out with um, I think it's an absolute disgrace not only by him but for the football club to sell it as if it's some sort of um, I don't know product that we all should like to read and and, and, and listen to and, and consume um, felt felt really like they're basically slapping you in the face and laughing at you because you know a load of millionaires are, are saying stuff like that while we're all paying our due to go to the football match and, and living the way we do as normal people, as normal human beings, working class people, most of us, going to watch it. And you hear some clown come out with stuff like that and the media team and all that. And, and look, we know so many nice people at that football club. Um, some of us who are close friends to them, but people who decide, again, it shows you, I think it's indicative again of what's wrong with um, the whole setup top to bottom at that place. I'm not saying I want to see people sacked. I want to see people who don't write decent articles and stuff like that. Absolutely not, because there are good people. But <clears throat> those things that have come out from Holgate and haven't been somebody there who hasn't got a clue about the football club and what's going on staff-wise. It's come from people at the top, um, people who are uh, responsible for making decisions to say to footballers, listen, we need to say something like this because we think that is the kind of thing the fans want to hear. How far out of touch is that? That's something that we're not talking about at length, given what's going on on the pitch. But when you when you dig a little bit deeper and look at this, I'm like, how 
how who's doing this? Who is thinking that these things are appropriate given the situation we're in? I mean, I felt like throwing my phone through the window when I read that Holgate the Holgate thing, yeah. and it'll happen no doubt again this afternoon or tomorrow, whenever it is. Um, I think Lampard's a little bit it's a little bit different for him because he has to say certain things and the way in which he hasn't been at the football club that I think that's a little bit different but the way these lads who have been at the football club for so long um, are licensed with not only saying these things and I'm pretty sure he doesn't believe what he's saying either Holgate he's saying it because one he'll have been encouraged to say those things and two um, he's an idiot <laughs> you know that 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 is where we're at with that side of it that we're all meant to consume media we work in the media we know how it works the way in which that's happening is upset not as upsetting as what's going on but it's all part of that big pile of shite that's happening at that football club and that's what's particularly heartbreaking yeah and do you know what just final points I want to make before we wrap up is you mentioned about the media Chatty and I've got Sky Sports News on in the background on mute and Neville Southall is on there. You know, Alan Stubbs has been on there this morning. You know, Everton, Everton in relegation trouble is is the the big story, isn't it? It's going to be the big story going into the weekend. You know, we've been asked to do stuff. Um, with BBC. You know, that's what Ped was on Five Live last night. You know, all of a sudden, like it's the national media are latching onto this now because it is the big story going into the weekend because we're playing the early game because we've got Manchester United and because of the, the circumstances around Everton. Yeah. The pressure now is, you know, it's being turned up, isn't it? You know, the, the, the pressure is being turned up massively on this manager and particularly on the players. And I think that the thing that, that scares me, Dave, is that that pressure, and unfortunately we know these players intimately now, that pressure is not going to galvanise these lads. No. It's going to hinder them. Well, no, yeah, I mean, just to continue what we were saying there about the whole day piece um, and so many other players you've had to do this, you know, the, the, the war cry crap that goes back to the uh, the Phil Neville days. Um, wow, you'd give anything to have that back right now. I certainly would um, because it looked like they actually cared back then. Um, is the way in which the media is where you're saying it's a story. Like when it becomes a national story, people actually want to see the drama of it it's like when you see in the last day of the season if we still have to win somehow stay up against Arsenal away which is not going to happen <laughs> when that happens they'll put those like you have the relegation day don't they on Sky and all that and that thing that I think it's quite sickening really and it's even worse when it's your club now that we're involved in it but when you see other fans of others you remember when Wigan stayed up those days and all that Sheffield United against Wigan and all that stuff where it's it's made into a drama for um, everybody who's not part of it to watch and enjoy, they enjoy it. Um, whereas we're now on the other side of that. The media thing is like people want us to fail. And people, this to me is something that would cry out in my eyes if I was a player there right now. Like, a, well, not so much Holiday, because like I said, I think he's a Muppet. Um, but some of the others who actually look like they want to do, Richarlison, let's say, who's fighting for this club. Um, Pickford, who I think was a good decision, but I know we didn't mention it, but the fact that he was captain, I thought it was a good decision to make. Um, that side of things, I'm looking at that and thinking, is this really my career as a footballer? Pickford, you're looking at thinking, I, I'm trying to go to a World Cup here, mate, do you know what I mean? 
it, it's it's indicative to how, how, what he's been like recently. Him, by the way, and in the last year or so, given the fact that he's still England's number one for Gareth Southgate, I think that's a huge credit to the lad. The fact he got the armband, I thought it was a good decision against Burnley. But when when your lads like that, who do actually give a shit, that that's the point when I think he's sitting at home, and you're talking to your missus or whoever, family. And you're like, you know, how do how do I process this in my mind that um, when somebody like a Holgate or whoever else is coming out and saying stuff, yet the media wants us to fail. It puts you on the... The point I was trying to make, Matt, sorry, bang on about it, but um, it, it's there. It puts you under more pressure, even more pressure, exactly like you said. But if, if I was a fan of another club looking at Everton, I'd want them to fail as well. Oh, yeah, I would too. I, I, I would too, because we're... We haven't got the bullseye we used to have in many ways, but, you know, Everton, our history, which we all know, um, which we get laughed at about because it's all we bang on about. But that's the thing that's going and no longer able to continue. Um, Everton being one of the, you know, the, the founder members and all that stuff. We're going to be below that. We're going to, we, we are below that anyway in, in real time, aren't we? In terms of we're nowhere near winning trophies and being competitive in the Premier League, but in terms of actually being in the division, that is the thing that, that looks like it's going to go. And, and and that, to me, is so so upsetting. And it is exactly why other football clubs would be happy if Everton go down, absolutely. Um, it's like Leeds. I presume there'd be a lot of comparison here. It'd be interesting to actually get the thoughts of some Leeds fans. do know a couple um, who, who are obviously so passionate about the football club. But when they went down, the likes of the big ones like United, Liverpool, they all love the fact that Leeds were suffering um, with the finances and all that sort of thing when they went. This this sounds and feels very similar. And I said this a couple of weeks ago, Matt, but just to go back to Jordan Pickford, um, you know, people who were saying, you know, who, who, who shut the Leeds the way you were looking for leaders and all that. And this is why I was pleased that he was the captain, was that I would love to get the thoughts of that lad on the way in which Everton and Gowan, given what happened to him at Sunderland. And I, I made the point on it on a different podcast um, that was doing him worth, that I think Everton looked very similar to the way in which Sunderland went, when when Pickford went down with them, um, when when Moyes was there, and it just looked like a lost cause when they went down um, with those players. The year after it was, wasn't it, that, that Allardyce was there? Um mm. You know, when when that happened, and we got Pickford in, um, obviously he's been through so much anyway because the, the 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 quite horrible stuff that happened to him after the derby and all that. Um, now he's, he's a much more mature guy. I think he's been he's matured a hell of a lot in our eyes. I think, like I said, but I'd love to get his thoughts on the process, the thoughts, the emotions that happened with the Sunderland situation. Um, and I, I honestly think it'd be it'd be quite knowledgeable um, to speak to him and, and for the club, the people at the club, Lampard, whoever's around him, players, to actually ask him what it was like, to ask him about how he feels. Is this similar? And and, and I'd, I'd like I'd, I'd put a few quid on the fact that I, I think this must feel quite similar to that lad as the year the the uh, Sunderland went down uh, given their, their situation and the players that they had because uh, the squad I look at there's so many similarities I think you look at to when Sunderland went down uh, somebody else mentioned it to me uh, I think it was um, Phil McNulty 
said to me he thinks he's actually a little bit more familiar to what happened with QPR, who invested a lot of money on a lot of players and ultimately went down. That that that's why I think I need to throw that message to people who are saying you know going down might not be such a bad thing. Well, look at with QPR, they did that with it was a Christopher Samba and all those players playing paying ridiculous money for these lads. They went down, but they stayed down, which is where they still are right now, with no real hope. I know they're close to the playoffs this season, but what are we, three, four, five years later from when they were in the Premier League and actually doing this sort of thing? I see the similarities between that as well, and they've gone down, not come back up. Um, there's there's so many repetitions of this that that, that scare me for people to think that going down is actually something ever need to do. And I think many, in fairness to them, are saying it because they think it might be the only way that Everton change, Everton change things, the things we don't want to see there right now. It's it, it's not the only way, but you know, going down would do what they say in terms of changing things. Yes, it would change things, but it's not changing things for the better. It's changing things for all you can manage to do when you go down to the championship in terms of finances, parachute payments and all that crap. Everton aren't going to get what they need to come back up in that process. Um, whereas staying in the Premier League is imperative. It, 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 it has to happen for Everton to hope to be anything like we want them to be in, in, our, in our near future. Yeah, we'll wrap it up there, mate. Probably mm-hmm. bummed, bummed out after that. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, she's got to try and keep going. I suppose Saturday, Man United will have the instant reaction to that game. Uh, be honest, the instant reaction from last night as well. Um, that's available. And of course, we'll have your preview and a mailbag and all that stuff over on Blue Room Extra in the build up to it. So, um, I'll be a bad on last for you, at least uh, mailbag. Uh, I probably guarantee you that there'll be no Everton questions on it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm going away on Sunday for a week and I'm just going to delete all sport-related apps off my phone and just forget Everton exists for seven days. And yeah. I honestly can't wait. So. Battle of laughs, mate. I hope you enjoy it anyway. Just seeing Tommy Fleetwood. Hey, listen to everyone. And, and they're on a positive note. The Masters starts today. Um, I know the weather's appalling there at the moment and it's going to be a little bit later than everyone expected, but the Masters is here. Um, for any, any golf fan or average golf fan, the Masters is absolutely one of the best things to watch the most fun things to watch and it's enjoyable. There will not be the disaster that you see on uh, any any football pitch concerning Everton Football Club. It's going to be really good sport to watch. In fact, this week, sport-wise, is actually really good uh, because the Nationals here as well, isn't it? Yeah. Bad for if you're into your rugby league, there's loads of that. I think it's the quarterfinals and Challenge Cup, rugby-wise. F1, uh, Australia. F1 in the Oz, yeah. There's, there's bag fulls of stuff. So, yes, we all need to see what's going on a, a, on Saturday. But, yeah, if you quickly want to turn you... To, and and the, the, the Snooker of the World Championship comes up next week, I think, or it might start on Monday. Um, there's actually really not... I think, like, I'm an advert selling something else that's actually anti-Everton. But yeah. there's plenty for you to do uh, away from the football club rather than just sit home, like I often do, in the dark, crying. So, uh, <laughs> you do that, and obviously, you've always got a place in um, solitudes with us because we're always around and um, we're always on social. It's not too far, it's not too hard to find us or speak to us. So, keep the faith, I suppose, is what we're trying to say, isn't it? Matthew? Maybe if we go down, we'll turn the blue room into a snooker podcast or something. <laughs> yeah, well, we did. We, what we did do was the 
Sport and Digest, yeah, yeah. Back, which I absolutely love doing. And the reason why it, it came and went so quickly was because the amount of work we had um, to do, particularly Everton style, but also in our own careers and things. Um, yeah, I mean, if Everton go down, absolutely, I'll do that again. I'll, let me know. I'll do it. <laughs> we, 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 we love all sports on here, don't we, Matt? Yeah. You want to... If you need if you need us to turn your eye away and you're feeling away from Everton, we're absolutely willing to do that, aren't we, mate? Yeah, I've just seen Tommy Fleetwood's tea time flash up there, Dave. That poor fella must be probably been trying to focus on Augusta all week, and his head's probably kettled after watching that yesterday. I don't know. I don't know if anybody saw it last time. We had the, the par three events, which is obviously it's a little bit of fun for all of the golfers, and they they, they always say, "Do not win it," because nobody who's won it has went on to win the Masters. Um, in the same year, I think the highest, the, the closest anyone's ever come is second or something like that. But um, if you do want a bit of fun, watch it on um, Twitter. Have a look at the uh, the Masters Twitter feed because it shows you some of the players that come close to hole in ones. And uh, Tommy Fleetwood, who our fellow Evertonian, was really, really close to a hole in one. It's where they have to thin it across the, uh, the, the yeah the, the water. Um, it, it's a crack and effing. It goes so close, and then the fellow that goes after, I'm not sure what player it was. Um, does it the same thing thins it across the water and it nearly hits his ball in well worth having a watch of anyway but yeah the point is there's a way away from Everton this week because uh, it's a cracking weekend of sports away from football so uh, I'd encourage going to that if you need to get away from the Toffees um, unless mm. the, the, the rare thing happens and we go and pick up three points against Man United but I'm not holding my breath Oh God! I'll well, give for a win on Saturday, but yeah, we'll, we'll leave it. We'll leave it there. Cheers. Come on, Norwich. Well, come on, Norwich. Yeah, that's that's been your, your weekly show anyway. Um, try and enjoy the next two days <laughs> before Saturday, and yeah, we'll speak to you again very soon here on the. tiny apartment in Southern California, two college dropouts teamed up to start a watch brand that broke all the rules. With clean, innovative designs, unexpected colors, and unbeatable value, Movement became the fastest-growing watch brand in the world. Every bold, modern design is dreamed up at Movement's California headquarters. And now, everything is on sale for their ninth birthday celebration. You can save big with 25% discounts on watches, jewelry, sunnies, blue light eyewear, and more lifestyle essentials. And for the first time this year, Movement's best-selling, innovatively-made ceramic watches are on sale, too. Elevate your own look or give someone an amazing gift that won't break the bank. But looks like it did. There's never been a better time to join the Movement. Get the best prices of the year with Movement's site-wide 25% off anniversary sale and enjoy free shipping, free returns, and a two-year guarantee on everything they make. Just go to MVMT.com. That's MVMT.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.